Podcasting from Hartford, you're listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast, your place for all things Connecticut sports. And here is your host, Jared Cutler. Joining me today, we, we've got Utah State head coach uh, Blake Anderson in advance of, of UConn's trip out to Utah State. So, Coach, thanks so much for joining me today. Absolutely. Good to be here. So, Coach, I, I want to start with this one. I think this is going to be a question that, that UConn fans are really going to be interested in. You took over a team last year. You know, the year before you had started, had only won one game that year. You turned them into an 11-win team in, in year one. Uh Maybe maybe there's some pressure on Coach Mara now after seeing what you did to, to turn that around here. Give us the 30,000-foot uh, overview there of how you went about building this program uh, back up in, in your first year there. Yeah, you know, we, we got really lucky. A lot of things a lot of things just kind of fit into place. I was able to hire a phenomenal staff, you know, really exactly who I wanted to, to coordinate both sides of the ball. And, and strength coach was a huge, huge uh, piece to that I, you know I got exactly top of my wish list guy and so staff came together very well very quickly with a bunch of people that I thought would fit uh, here in, in Logan you know when we looked at the roster even though they'd only won one game as we watched some of the returning players we felt like we had some guys to work with but we were we were able to impact the team in a big way with some transfers that that uh, plugged in very nicely and, and you know logan bonners to you know getting devin tompkins out of the transfer portal to byron vaughn's and, and the list went on and on and you know we 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 took the roster we blended new players and we just kind of came in and went to work and i think you got to give the kids just so much credit especially the kids that were already here that had gone through a couple of years that they just weren't what they wanted and were frustrated and um their ability to accept us accept what we were asking them to do to be open-minded about just some of the unique things that we were going to push them to do and ask them to do and in terms of discipline and just the amount of running that we did and the type of type of program that we were going to run you got to give them credit that that they allowed it to happen and we looked up you know really early in the process early in the season and realized we had a very unique group of guys that had that had come together uh, in, in a special way and, and that there was a chance for us to have a lot of fun. And it obviously exceeded our expectations of what we thought was possible, but, but you got to give the kids credit for, for allowing that to be, you know, be the case. I'm curious because you mentioned blending the roster with some players who were there, plus the transfer portal additions. We've, we've seen the transfer portal, you know, be a big topic in college sports. How would you say that benefited you and your team in rebuilding this Utah State team within a year? Whereas maybe if the transfer portal wasn't as potent or, or wasn't as big of an of a thing right now, th- this might have been a multi-year more of a rebuild for you guys. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it could have taken obviously it could have taken longer than one season to to get to be that competitive. I mean, I, nobody really saw that. You know, one one and five to eleven three. I mean, this is not something you allow yourself to think. You just go to try to fix the problems and be the best you can every day. But our starting middle linebacker was a transfer. Our starting quarterback was a transfer. You know, the MVP of the championship game was a transfer. Um, you know that that kind of story. All I mean, our the number one receiver in the country was a kid in the portal that had only played a couple games that it was left the program that we got back out of the portal. So basically, he was a transfer. Uh, we had to recruit him to come back. I mean, he was he was gone. Um, you know, so you clearly impacted our productivity. 
in and through bringing in veteran players that could plug in and play free agency type approach while we allowed some young guys to grow and develop that'll help us this year and in the future without the portal without the ability to transfer and play immediately um you know it's something i'm just not sure that's possible the we didn't have the roster intact to go win 11 games without it it, it, it impacted us in huge ways now they had to come in and fit and blend and become part of the family. They couldn't come in and be outsiders. It, it couldn't have been old versus new. The ability to gel it and create a tight-knit family of guys that cared about each other and wanted to play for each other, that's still the missing piece because guys are moving all across the country. Transferring, transfer portal players, free agency is happening The teams that get it, that figure that piece out, are the teams that are going to be dangerous. The teams that are old versus new and competitive nature in the locker room, I I find it hard to believe those teams are going to be very successful. I'm I'm curious how you move from now you've got a team that that turned into an 11-win team last year. You obviously had the motivation of the the one-win season, you know, that season before. How do you keep this group motivated heading into this season, coming off such a successful year? Well, living up to the standard that those guys set. I mean, that's that's it every day. You challenge yourself to, all right, you know, th- this is this is possible. This is what it was done. There's no excuses. We we we've we've shown what we're capable of. Um, now it's your turn. In a lot of cases, you're getting to step up into that role. There's a lot of new phases. We we hit the transfer portal again in the off season because we did graduate 16 seniors, and, and a lot of those guys. With heavy, heavy productivity, several of those guys still playing at the NFL level now. So we, we're we really attacking the same problem with just even higher expectations. There were no expectations this time last year. I mean, nobody, nobody expected anything. Now you go into it with a ton of expectations, super high, through the roof. And, and so that's the motivation. Uh, luckily, they, they got to see up close and personal how Devin Tompkins worked every day, how Nick Henniger worked every day, what it looked like uh, when Brandon Bowling and Derek Wright went to work every day, what it what it's supposed to look like. And so we at least have a visual reference of of what the work ethic looked like and then also what potentially the payoff can be if you commit to that level. You've now had you know spring and fall ball in, in, in the books and ready to start the season. What's impressed you most about your team so far that, that you've seen from them in this offseason uh, leading up to this opening game here? Well, their, their willingness to work, their capacity for work. I have, in the past, as a head coach, there's been days I've had to blow the whistle, send them back in the building, and they said, guys, y'all didn't come to work today. I mean, I've had that happen in the past. I have not had that happen. Uh, at all this season with this group i didn't have it last year not one time did i have to reset practice tell them that the the work ethic is not good enough and and that is something that i've had to do before and and so their capacity their willingness to come every day to work has been number one that that's it's really what i ask of them just come and bring us energy so that we can work and then number two i, I would say because we did lose 16 seniors and we did lose some super high product productivity in, in both areas our new guys our transfer guys that we did bring in don't look like new guys there's there's not a there's not a there's not a gap you don't see new players old players you just see a team a group of guys a family uh very similar to what we went through last year now we got to go out and play but i've been pleased with how hard they work and i've been pleased with how the roster has accepted the the additions that we brought in 
some of those guys competing for their jobs. And that's not easy to ask a guy on the roster, a young guy wanting to get on the field, and you bring in a veteran player, an older player, to come in and compete for that job. It's not it's not easy just to assume that that's going to go well. And I've been really pleased with how this team has come together already early in the process. In talking about some of those departures that you've had, I, I know a lot of the productivity that you, you talked about came from the receivers and you bring in some new receivers. How big is it to have a quarterback like Logan Bonner, who, who's consistent, he, he's been with you for a while, and what does he add and help bring these new guys uh, into the offense for you? When you get a guy for seven years, there's a level of maturity that you just don't normally have. Uh, I don't know how many guys have played seven years of college ball. It's unique with co with COVID and with an injury. You know, it just it just happens to be the the situation that we're in, and, and we're fortunate. He's he's so mature. He knows what we're wanting to do. He works at a super high level. I think it's a level of confidence that he and calmness that he brings to the guys around him. We've got a solid uh, quarterback room, and and not only not only Bonner, but Cooper did a great job in the bowl game, and Levi Williams transfers in from Wyoming and was a bowl game MVP. I mean, you've got you've got two bowl game MVPs and a, and a championship game uh, MVP. I mean, you've got everything that anybody could ask for in a quarterback room, uh, and, and so there's a I think there's a level of confidence and and calmness that you get from having the experience that Logan has, but also the fact that either guy that goes on the field after him has proven that they can play when it matters most. And so we're very, very fortunate there. UConn fans get ready for this matchup uh, this weekend against you guys. Give a name of a a few players that that fans should be on the lookout for who who might make an impact on this game. Well, you know, you you mentioned the wide receiver room. Some guys have to step up and and Justin McGriff is where it starts. A big six, five wide out that, that played great down the stretch and has had a phenomenal offseason and is an NFL caliber prospect going into this season. Brian Cobb, a transfer from the University of Maryland. Xavier Williams, a transfer from the University of Alabama. Uh, Tyrell Vaughn, a uh, two-time All-American kid that we brought in out of California. So that receiver room is going to look different, but those guys are a big part of what we do. Uh, hands down, I mean, we've got we to throw and catch well, and we got to make that hard on them to defend. I mean, Calvin Tyler, the tailback, played great down the stretch. Senior tailback out of out of Oregon State that transferred in and played really, really well the last four or five games of the year. On defense, uh, Byron Vaughn was the MVP of the championship game last year at defensive end. He's a University of Texas transfer that's settled in as a key guy for us on the defensive end spot. Daniel Grijak is a Nevada transfer that plays on the other side of, uh, of him at defensive end, and both those guys are Really, really good pass rushers. Um, you know, we talked about the linebacker position where we lost Justin Rice, but AJ Bong Bachan and MJ Tafisi both stepped in there. And and then in the back end, I think two guys that'll really stand out is Gervin Hall at safety. He's a Miami transfer, and AJ Carter is a six foot, six foot one corner that played a lot of different positions for us last year. Now he's kind of settled in at a corner. So there's some, you know, some key guys and there'll be a ton of others playing. We're, we're going to play a lot of people. We're going to play a lot of people. Uh, we're going to rotate a lot of guys. We play fast. We get a lot of snaps. And so we, we tend to work to try to stay as fresh as we can. And, and so we'll throw a lot of bodies at the problem and hoping to stay fresh and healthy and um, keep these guys playing at a really high level. I'm curious to go a little inside football here with you and, and get into the coach's room a little bit. You, you got this UConn team here week zero. 
new coach, new players, new systems. How, how are you preparing for a game against a team like that, that that you really don't have much film or anything on? Well, that's a great question, and it is a it is a real problem to to address. Um, you know, we do the best detective work that we can and look at people's track record and you know where maybe where they've been and and take a peek. But but honestly, we don't know what we're going to see. We uh, we we have to control what we can control, and that's us. We need to run uh, schematically things that we have a lot of confidence in that that maybe have reasonable answers for the different things that we could potentially see uh, and just make sure that we go out and we don't make mistakes. We don't turn the ball over. We don't have a ton of penalties. We tackle well. We play with high energy and then adapt as the game goes on and find out real quickly, what are we going to see? I mean, we, we've done the best we can at getting a glimpse of what we think they might do, but we don't know what they're going to run in any area on the field until we start playing. And that is always a challenge in week one, but it's even a bigger challenge when you consider a brand new staff with a lot of transfer players. I mean, you can look at the two deep in any number of 10, 15 transfer players. There's no way to know what we're going to get. And and so we're going to just have to be the best us we can be. I know that may sound a little cliche, but it, but it, but at the end of the day, that's really what it comes down to. Just making sure we don't beat ourselves and, and adapting as the game progresses. I want to touch quickly on the conference that you're in in the Mountain West. And I know UConn fans, uh, they played Fresno and Wyoming last year. They, they have another matchup against Fresno. So I think they've seen the strength of, of your conference. How do you feel as a head coach that, that your conference is spoken about nationally? Because I, I do feel like it's one of those conferences that, that still hasn't gotten quite its due yet. Well, I think one of the issues is that we play late in the evening and a lot of people go to bed. And they don't, they don't really take a chance to, to watch uh, what's going on. We had the best record of any uh, conference in the country in the bowl. Uh, we won the bowl cup and had the best record. Uh, we, we competed extremely well outside of conference play, both in the, the Big 12 and the Pac-12, head-to-head, did a great job. Um, and that's really all. We, we were the highest-ranked group of t- uh, five conference in the country last year, and that's including – uh, the American, which, you know, Cincinnati was in the playoffs. So for us collectively to be able to be ranked higher than the, the American, I mean, that tells you the strength of this league. And it's only going to get better uh, with the repositioning and restructuring of some of the other leagues. Uh, our league stayed completely intact. You know, every team in the league is committed to developing and growing and competing at the highest level. and it, It's just going to get stronger. But we're right where we need to be. Uh, well, I don't think – you know, the league gets quite as much credit as it should, but I, I do believe that has to do with uh, us kicking off some games at, you know, 9 p.m. on the West Coast when people have gone to bed. They're, they're, they're not going to stay up and, and watch. So they're missing some really, really good football by doing that. And so we just got to keep playing well out of conference and crossing conference lines and being competitive at a high level. And I think we'll, we'll get more and more looks this way. And, um, you know, we've got a handful of teams getting top 25 votes, including us. Right now, I think we've got four or five teams already getting votes and, and and that's the way we need it to be and that's what we're we're all working for i'll wrap with this one coach I, I know you mentioned some of the the tv times and things like that how big is it for your program to have a spotlight on it here week zero it's going to be a nationally televised game how big of an opportunity is this for you and your program well, it's huge for us it's huge for the league we uh in week zero there's only a handful of games played and everybody's kind of foaming at the mouth for college ball and so there'll be a ton of eyes on that particular game that might have not normally watched it. 
when you've got a whole uh, gamut of games going on. So with the limited opportunities and a two o'clock kick, uh, it, it's going to be great for us. We just want to go out and play well, show both ourselves well, show the league well, and and hopefully find a way to get a win. We're we're going, you know, we don't know what to expect. We just expect the very best. We just assume that if we can go from one and five to eleven and three, so can UConn. And we don't want to get caught sleeping on a team that can come in and and uh, and and beat us right here at home. So uh, I, I think it's a great opportunity, and hopefully we'll take it, take uh, the you know chances and going out and, and make the most of it. Well, coach, I really appreciate the time uh, hopping on here game week. Best of luck to to you and your team this season. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast with Jared Cutler. If you like the show and want to know more, check out the podcast on Twitter at CT Scoreboard Pod, the host at Jared Cutler, and find us on Facebook at the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast. Finally, if you enjoy what you're listening to, rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.